Hey, Risto here from George Mason University. Uh, I'm joined today by Dr. Kevin Richards from the University of Illinois, and we are going to do a brief introductory podcast about the skill themes approach. Uh, if you're not familiar with models-based practice, uh, we would recommend that you start with episode two. Uh, that's with Ash Casey. Uh, if you're looking for other models to learn about, we have episodes on TPSR, tactical games, and game sense so far up and you can find those in the feed. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, this model called Skill Themes is introduced by George Graham and arguably the most used book for elementary methods courses in the USA is Children Moving. Um, this has been, I think it's on their ninth edition, so there's been a lot of them uh, throughout. And the book is used in my elementary methods course. I'm not saying necessarily that's my endorsement, but we use the book. I think it's a great book. Uh, but we wanted to start off by saying that Kevin and I are not necessarily like the go-to experts in skill themes, but you know we both teach this in our courses and we figured we'd give you an overview on the pod. So Kevin, uh, can you give us an overview of the skill themes? Like what are the, what are the major points? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, appreciate that introduction. And you know very similar to Eurus though, um, this is the the book that was really the foundational component of my entire undergraduate program. Um, you know at Springfield College, it was very much built around uh, the skill themes approach and uh, and I kind of took to it right away. Um, you know I, I will go as far as to say that I think it is the the model for elementary physical education that that I would endorse, not that not that my endorsement means much, but it's the one that uh, I've used in, in all of the elementary methods courses that I've taught, um, uh, and uh, I, I do see it widely adopted. But but you know, as you mentioned, it's not it's not the only way um, of out there, the only uh, uh, approach or pedagogical model out there for for elementary physical education. But I do think that it's a good one. Um, a lot of these elementary physical education texts uh, are, are focused around this notion of um, uh, motor skill development. So thinking about like primary motor skills that are necessary for application in future um, contexts. And so if you think about like the um, the, the game of, of uh, baseball, or even just having a having a catch out in the backyard. To be able to do that and apply the skill of throwing in the context of, of baseball or softball with you know with a hard ball and a, and a mitt requires fundamental understanding um, and ability to execute a throw an overhead throw um, and just and similarly you know other other sports like basketball involve jumping um, uh, and and you see a lot of these kind of fundamental skills that we focus on in the the um, skill themes approach uh, that, that then do go on and get applied later in, in middle school and high school physical education youth sport environments you know recreational context etc and so really i think skill themes seeks to kind of develop those building blocks and it does that with um uh, it does that by categorizing skill themes into three different areas. And so you have um, locomotor skills, which are essentially the way that our, the way that we move through space. So things like walking and running, but also hopping and jumping and skipping and galloping as well. Then you have manipulative skills, which are object manipulation, essentially. So how we can um, manipulate a ball or, or other object within a physical activity environment to accomplish a certain goal. Um, and so manipulative skills are things like throwing and catching, kicking and punting, um, you know, volleying and dribbling, etc. cetera. Um, and then that third category are, are 
non-manipulative. Uh, and these are these are um, movements that that don't necessarily involve involve traversing through space, but also don't involve object manipulation. So there are things like bending and twisting, um, and and changing the position of the body. Um, and, and so those are kind of those three broad categories. And then skill themes draws upon um, Laban movement analysis uh, and, and looks at how different movement concepts interact with um those skill themes and so you know the movement the movement concepts are broken broadly into categories that include spatial spatial awareness so things like the location of the body in space directions levels pathways etc effort which is how the body moves so things like force and flow uh, and then time or, or, or rate of movement um relationships um related to body parts or between people or between people and objects or all of these kind of movement concepts. Um, and this is a really good graphical representation of this in the skill themes book, the, the, the children moving book that Risto mentioned a minute ago, uh, where the, the rep, the graphic is kind of like a wheel and you have those, um, skill themes in the center of the wheel. And then the movement concepts are around the outside. And the idea is that you introduce the skill theme first in its base form. So think about the base form of like an overhand throw where you're just throwing the ball to hit a wall. You're not aiming for anything. You're not trying to go fast, not trying to go slow. You're just working on basic mechanics. Then as you get better with the skill, you can apply these different movement concepts um, to increase or decrease difficulty. So you, you could um, set up targets on the wall, for example, at a high, medium, and low level, high, throw, low, throw, medium, and that would be kind of how the skill of throwing would interact with the movement concept of levels. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the foundation of the skill themes approach, at least from my perspective, lies in um, the relationship between those skill themes and movement concepts. And a lot of the skill themes also, you know, one of the major things is compared to a traditional setting is that they're not looking at uh, teaching skills in units, right? So a skill themes approach wouldn't look at, you know, we're doing soccer for three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're going through these uh, skills throughout, not just kindergarten or not just in first grade, but planning this out also through the K to five experience. So, right earlier on in, in, in your years, you know, you're, you're teaching these first in isolation and then working to get these in combination. Um, and as, as we're progressing up through like kindergarten all the way through, let's say K to 12, one of the things that the book has is the curriculum diamond. And the idea behind the diamond is that at the bottom where, where I feel that skill themes and moving concepts, this, this model is stronger is building those skills within the bottom half of your education, so K to five. Uh, the middle of that diamond is in middle school, where you're starting to put those into game-like activities. Maybe you're starting to learn some skills within games and you're putting those kind of building blocks and the bottom of the base of that pyramid is those skill themes and you're putting them into action in middle school, and then when you're going to the top part, which the book actually, even though it's an elementary methods course book, it does 
say that it translates all the way through into high school, which I don't see a lot of people using the skill theme model in high school. But, no, yeah. you know, that would be putting those into lifetime activities uh, towards the end. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the skill themes approach uh, tries to kind of build towards that. Um, and so you're talking about the, the kind of the curricular arrangement, at least across mm-hmm. an elementary grade band before. And I think you described it well um, in highlighting kind of both the, the vertical and the horizontal elements of curriculum. So you're, you're kind of adding new things every year. So that's the vertical component. So you might, you know, uh, striking with long handled implements is a good example. That's one thing that, that they don't. Uh, recommend into integrating into physical education until a little bit farther on, maybe maybe towards the middle of the elementary uh, school years, because if you try to do it before, then the kids won't have kind of the prerequisite or lead up skills that they're going to need, and then there are these safety issues as well. Right. So you are adding things, but but just because you covered jumping in kindergarten doesn't mean you're never going to cover jumping again. So there's still some of that kind of scaffolding and building upon previous skills. Um, You know, and I think the idea here is that, that kids will develop these fundamental motor skills so that then when they go into middle school and high school physical education, they'll be ready for, you know, other types of curricular offerings. You think about like some of the other pedagogical models that I know that you've covered, like sport education, tactical games. Uh, It'd be hard to run a, sport education soccer season let's say if if kids hadn't learned how to dribble with their feet yet and and kick a soccer ball right yeah right so it's about kind of that preparation um uh, and then you know there there are other things too you know like running is a lifetime physical activity but but there's um uh, you know there's proper form that should be used to run and if that proper form is never never taught or learned um that can lead to challenges so in elementary physical education at least from my perspective we're trying to lay those building blocks like we talked about before yeah and i think in elementary physical education too it's the the student is you know changing the whole time so just Mm -hmm. because you teach them how to run when they're kindergartner doesn't mean that the form doesn't break down or they need to learn different concepts like pacing. And, you know, I, I always have students that come in and when they're making an elementary school, like third grade, second grade lesson plan, they're saying, we're going to start up with, you know, and this is a first time per teacher making this lesson plan. They're saying, we're going to run for seven to 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, third grader is not going to run 10 minutes without stopping. So no. let's, and also a third grader is not going to want to necessarily run for that long without having any uh, game-like activity or something that's going to keep their motivation. Yeah, well, so, to be fair, neither do I, yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, you're right. I mean, uh, uh, it's about it's about making learning fun at that age and, and finding creative ways to get kids to to practice and learn these skills. Um, you know, what, one of the other things about the about the skill themes approach that I did really want to touch on because um, I think it helps to kind of understand how to put the model into practice is that it describes these four. Um, generic levels of skill proficiency mm-hmm. beginning beginning with pre-control which is like a true beginner it's like you know you've never done this before so pre-control control is like an advanced beginner level um 
So at, at the pre-control level, the best way to think about that is is that if especially if there's object manipulation involved, um, if you watch like a little kid, for example, trying to dribble a basketball or a soccer ball, it almost looks like they're chasing after the ball the whole time. It's like the ball is controlling their movements mm-hmm. and they're just trying to keep up with it. Whereas somebody who gets into the more advanced stages of dribbling um, controls the ball and is able to manipulate it to do what they want it to do. Um, so you go pre-control into control. The third level is utilization. So this is like kind of that intermediate stage where, where kids are, are pretty good at it. They can start to kind of respond to some environmental constraints. So if you think about, um, uh, like, uh, let's stick with a soccer example for a minute. You know, uh, it's one thing to be able to dribble down, uh, and then take a shot on an empty net. Um, it's another thing to be able to dribble down, take a shot on, an, on a net that has a defender in front of it or, or a goalkeeper, um, and then have to make decisions if you introduce um, another person who could receive a pass. Right. So as the complexity um, increases, students have to have to be at a higher level of skill proficiency to be able to, to meet those environmental demands. Um, and then the... the, the the highest level is proficiency. So it goes pre-control, control, utilization, and then finally proficiency. And when we're at the proficiency level, uh, kids are really kind of quote unquote experts that think it looks effortless. It looks, looks fluid. Um, you know, most kids are not going to reach proficiency you know, across a lot of different skills, um, while they're in elementary school. But if you've got kids who have, um, you know, outside opportunities to, to participate in physical activities, whether that be uh, in an organized manner or, or, you know, unorganized with siblings or parents and guardians at the, at the home, um, those kids might develop a higher level of proficiency in certain skills. Uh, and that's another point that I think goes along with this, is that because these levels of skill proficiency are generic, they apply to all different skills and a kid could be at proficiency with one skill but at pre-control with a completely different skill and somebody like somebody like you or I who's never done a certain skill before could start at the pre-control level if it's something that's completely outside of anything we've ever done before and I, w- I would say that uh, a good adult kind of level example is scuba diving for me right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, when I yep. first learned how to scuba dive I was definitely at the pre-control level you know, trying to figure out how to submerge and have all this awkward equipment. And, you know, when people who are very advanced were next to me in the pool and doing these skills and I can't get my BC to act correctly and I'm like floating away (laughs) from the class, I'm definitely not at the proficiency level and it would take me a while to get there. So I think, but, you know, it could be condensed in a shorter period of time because I have so many more things to pull from and I know how to move my body differently than I would have as a six-year-old or seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then, and then because this is also individualized, every kid is going to have, you're going to see, you're going to see both within and between student diversity. So you'll see within student diversity because one individual student will have a range of levels of proficiency across different tasks. A fun activity that I do with my undergrads is I put up a graph um, with the with the levels of proficiency uh, across one axis and then a variety of different skills across the other axis. And I ask them to rate themselves on each of those uh, relative to their perceived level of proficiency. And they're all, they're usually all over the place. Because students are really good at one thing, but not good at another. 
so that that's that kind of notion of within student diversity. But then you also have this great between student diversity um, where students in the same class are going to be at different levels of proficiency. And so what the skill themes approach recommends is that you kind of get a feel for where the um, majority of the classes teach to that level. And then you can offer extensions to make tasks more or less difficult, um, drawing upon those movement concepts. So you might have the base task being for kids to, you know, stand 10 feet away from the wall uh, and step and throw overhand so that the ball hits the wall. Well, to make that more difficult, you could arrange targets or ask students to throw to certain heights, uh, or you could introduce a partner that they're trying to throw to instead of trying to hit the wall. Um, And then if you're trying to make that easier, if you're having kids that are having trouble hitting the wall from 10 feet away, they can just move up. Um, And so by introducing those kind of extension and refining tasks, you take that base task and and you um, modify it to meet the needs of individual students. Yeah. So let's let's summarize and look at the differences between the skill themes approach and traditional methods. So if I were to say the traditional method emphasizes teaching games and sports without necessarily a concern for skill specifically, the skill theme mm-hmm. approach would be what? Uh, it emphasizes acquiring and developing skills. Those those that idea of motor skill development is very central to this. So it's going to you think about like the the different domains of human learning and how different pedagogical models might emphasize certain domains more than others. This is one that is clearly rooted in the psychomotor domain. Okay. And then in the traditional method, uh, oftentimes the activity would have been chosen, uh, you know, by the age or the grade level of the student. So how is the skill theme approach different? Yeah, yeah. So this is a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. So the skill teams approach is is by definition a, uh, a developmental way to conceptualize learning and physical education. Um, and so while learning and development might, might or I'm sorry, while uh, age and development, there might be some overlap. You know, you could expect kids in second grade, for example, to all be within, you know, a range of common developmental levels. Uh, age does not necessarily mean developmental level. Mm-hmm. And your your um, uh, your example with, with the scuba diving points that out exactly. So this takes a developmental approach using those four different levels of skill proficiency to, to conceptualize uh, and, and plan tasks. Right. And so the last one, looking at scope, which is essentially what you teach in sequence, which is the order that you would teach it in. So the scope and sequence is designed in the traditional approach to teach skills in these preset units of three weeks or six weeks, etc. The skill themes approach would do what? So a scope and sequence is designed to reflect the needs and interests of the students over the period of, of years. Um, and so, you know, you think about uh, K through five um, being uh, the, the elementary band. Uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're a teacher, like let's say that you're an elementary physical education teacher uh, and you're the only teacher in your school, or maybe you work with a small group of colleagues, you're, you're working together to kind of plan that scope and sequence across those years so that you make sure that students get adequate time to learn these different skills. Um, And and what I like about uh, 
you know the, the way that they frame this too in the skill themes book is is talking about the importance of of activities that reflect children's needs and interests and so even at this young age students can still express themselves they still uh, have a voice they still have the ability to make um, well-informed choices and so taking you know their interests or, or, or the availability of local activities within a community into consideration um, is really part of being a reflective educator, uh, which which is one part uh, of of this that I that I uh, Missy Parker would not be happy if I didn't talk about the the reflection component. Um, but but this final piece, looking at how how teachers can reflect and how they can continue to learn and to build their programs around the skill themes, uh, is really a central idea of of this whole textbook and 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 their whole program. Yeah, and I would I would say that. In some districts, this does happen when the K-5 to educators are in uh, clear alignment with what happens in middle school and what happens in high school. Oftentimes, that does not happen. There is not that specific communication, but ideally, you would map out the K-12 to experiences for, for students, but very specifically in the skill teams approach, you're definitely looking at this in the elementary setting across that elementary band. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Um, hopefully this helps a bit in understanding a model in the elementary settings. Um, again, remember, uh, you can follow the podcast at the HPE podcast or find more information on um, HPE from our blog at the HPE website. We're putting up a blog at least once a month. Um, and you can find about our programs, uh, about programs in the University of Illinois, uh, doctoral opportunities. Uh, we have an online master's program at George Mason. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, Risto. Always a pleasure. <laughs>